Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, March 31st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Royals today, specifically how the starting rotation might line up behind opening day starter Zach Grinke. There are no shortage of candidates, but who will get the call? Beat writer Lynn Worthy, along with columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell, are here to break it down. We also look at how the bullpen might shake out and the top of the lineup, the batting order, how that's going to go on opening day just a week away. So let's begin with the show that started as a Sports Beat Live. Hey, good morning from Kansas City and welcome to Sports Beat Live, the show where we talk about the Royals with the writers and columnists at the Kansas City Star and with you. Please join us in the discussion with your questions and comments. Columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell are here. Beat writer Lynn Worthy, who is in surprise, will will be along shortly. So, as I wanted to talk about pitching today and uh, in the lineup, now that we're a week away from opening day, but there was a little uh, little news this morning, just in the last half hour or so, that the uh, that the Royals have op- you know have have um, basically. Uh, announced that Mike Matheny was going to be their manager in 2023, exercise the option on on Mike Matheny. So this happened just in the last 20 minutes or so. The release came out. And I was reading the release, and I had I guess I had forgotten. I knew the Royals had picked up the pace in the second half of last year, but um, I didn't realize they had baseball's best record uh, of improvement, the best improvement from the first half of the season to the second half. And we're over 500 in the second half of the season. They still finished well out of the the, the playoff chase, and we're I think 74 and 88 was the final record. But I, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody is was was thinking that Mike Matheny wouldn't be the manager uh, for the Royals anytime in, in the near future. Vahe, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's right, Blair. Um, I, and I, I look, I've been really impressed with him. Uh, I know it's been a, a, a really funky kind of couple of years because of COVID and shortened seasons and all kinds of stuff that scrambles everybody up. Uh, on the other hand, I, I think literally from day one, you could see um, the impact he made in there. I remember Whit Merrifield sort of mincing no words about uh, that, that a change was needed and that uh, Mike, Mike's energy, Mike's approach really, really was uh, reaching them. And, you know, we can go on about this in a a minute, but the other thing I wanted to point out is that, you know, some of the hesitation about him coming over from St. Louis was there had been criticism and I think fair criticism about uh, his ability to and willingness to relate to younger players. And I I think that uh, Mike Matheny for a good good long year in between those jobs, year and a half, two years before he actually took the new job, really did uh, a, a sort of a self audit. And I think um, a lot of people talk about this and, and don't do it, but I think he really grew through that. And I think he obviously had a lot of great instincts to begin with, but I think he's a pretty nurturing presence, demanding, but nurturing. And I, I think uh, you can see the charisma, um, all of which, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't add up to one decision uh, that that works or doesn't work, but I think that he's done a done a really good job um, 
helping revive the, the confidence of a, of a team that is uh, needs that among a lot of other things to get back to where we can watch them enjoyably. You know, there are obviously uh, holdovers from the glory days of the Royals, the recent glory days, Salvador Perez, chief, chief among them. Um, but, uh, but, but Mike Matheny really is. Uh, that's it. Was the the Ned Yost era was over. Mike Matheny is you know is now in his uh, beginning his third year, and it's uh, basically a new generation of uh, of Royals. Uh, and, and you know, and Mike Matheny didn't come in in the best of circumstances. The, his first year was the baseball COVID year, and then he gets a full season in in twenty twenty one and shows improvement over the second half. And I, I think there's more optimism for this team in this season than there has been in the last, I don't know, two or three years. Sam, what, um, uh, the, the, this makes sense, doesn't it? The, the, the Matheny, ex- essentially an extension. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's the contract year for players and there's the contract year for a manager and one makes a lot more sense than the other. I mean, you want your manager, especially with a young group of talent, focusing on the future. You know, obviously the, there's emphasis on the present as well. And I think the Royals believe that they're equipped to win this year or at least equipped to compete. And um, so obviously that that takes priority. But you also want, especially in baseball, when you're required to develop your own talent, um, to, to have a manager that's focused on that aspect as well, which which is why it makes sense to, to have an investment, you know, beyond just the season that's upcoming. Um, extra playoff team in the each league this year, right? Isn't it? Don't we go to the expanded playoffs this year? Twelve total for baseball. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. each. Okay, so that again that plays in everybody's favor, right? From a percentage chance, but it really helps. Uh, I think a team like the Royals that is trending. I think we can all agree it's trending up, but you know, it but trending up for the Royals may mean let's you know, get to five hundred. And if you're in, if, if you're around five hundred, you're probably in the playoff chase toward the toward the end of the season okay so we're going to hear from mike Matheny now not on the uh, you know the, the option uh, of for 2023 but he announced his opening day starter uh, just uh, this earlier this week we had uh, we had a feeling and we discussed it on a previous show that it would be zach grinke it is indeed zach grinke so let's hear what mike Matheny had to say about selecting his opening day starter sugar uh, zach grinke will start opening day for us this decision was made the day we met before he even signed here. And it was very clear to him the expectations of what he was going to do for this club. And I told him, you know, as soon as we give him the green light, we'll rewrite what it looks like for opening day because together we went out there. And um, it just, uh, it's the right guy. And I know our fans are going to be excited about it too. You know, we he, he kind of asked when we were meeting that first time, you know, what what do you see as my role here? And I told him, you know, you tell him the first day is that you need to hear anything else. I mean, that's, that's just say it all. I expect you to be the guy we throw out there every fifth day or so. And, um, and show these guys by how you go about your business. And um, you know, at that point, you can see that registered. And so for me, telling him later was just validating what I'd already told him. And uh, I know he was... He's excited to be out there. I know it's something he'll be excited about too. His reunion back in Kauffman Stadium and, and with the fan base in Casey, loyal fan base to its own. And he's, what I've heard heard it said before, he's one of ours. And so it's good to see him back in these colors and 
how excited he is to be here, I think, plays into that, too. I mean, how many times do you get a guy who just all through the offseason, when he was allowed to say anything, it was very clear this is where he wanted to be. What a great compliment to the organization. What a great compliment to the community and the fan base. So not a big, big surprise that Zach Rinke is the opening day starter, even though uh, you know, Keller in the rotation has been the opening day starter for two of the last three seasons for the Royals. I think the big surprise for me was you know, reading Lynn Worthy's story and then you know going through some records myself that Crinky, this is his second opening day start for the Royals, which means he only had one in his first go around in however many years he was with, but seven, eight seasons with Kansas city, Cy Young award winner. And he only got one opening day start for, uh, for the Royals in that, in that tenure, the guys on the top 10 list of uh, strikeouts and I think starts and several other career categories, but, uh, but couldn't unseat Gil Mesh uh, for several years as the the opening the opening day guy. So uh, this not unexpected, Sam, was it to, to have Grinky uh, take the ball on the on the first game? No, and you know Grinky, you know the Royals have so much young talent that I think we're wondering what they're going to get out of specific players. But as far as their veteran crop goes, I think Grinky's a really interesting case. You know, with, with his age and what he's done the past couple of seasons, I. I still think Grinky's got a lot left because of the way he approaches pitching. You know, he's more of the Greg Maddox type than than he is the guy that relies on a fastball. You know, we you talked about his first stint with the Royals. He's a guy that threw 100 miles an hour when they put him in that bullpen role. Like, he could do that. He doesn't have that in his arsenal anymore, but he picks up little tidbits from pitching along the way for the past decade plus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously no surprise. I mean, that's the reason they brought him here. As much as he'll have an influence on the younger guys on the staff, and I truly believe he does, uh, the purpose is for him to be a quality pitcher, and that that belongs at the top of the rotation here. And you you guys saw his influence in uh, when you were out in Arizona, the way he was uh, associating himself with the with the younger you know pitchers he doesn't know, but but got to know at spring training. I was pretty impressed with that um, uh, with that. Uh, with that, you know, basically him, him, him make, observing and, and seeing what, you know, a Daniel Lynch, a Carlos Hernandez, you know, what those guys were about. And um, that's uh, really a, a tribute to, to Zach Greinke. And I hope he can bring uh, the, uh, you know, not, not just the leadership, but the, you know, some mound success. The Royals need that. I, this is still a young pitching staff uh, with among the, the starters here. And, uh, it's still you can still make a case it's a developing pitching staff, uh, a lot of unproven, you know, you know uh, performances by by these guys. Uh, Grinky is the, the the proven commodity here, so no, no surprise on Zach, is it by? No, not really, um, but it, just to underscore a lot of the things you guys are saying, I, I'd urge any of our uh, audience to make sure they saw Sam McDowell's piece on uh, uh, Grinky and and the way he's already. Um, paying attention, spending time with uh, the other pitchers. Um, Sam, one of the things that stood out about your piece to me was the reverence uh, in which or with which they, this young staff holds Granky. It was almost like, you know, a, a rock star descending among them and, and turns out to be relatable. And that's that was really cool to see you expand on. Um, and I, I think that, 
you, you know, this is obvious, but I think it's a it's a worthwhile point to restate is just Zach Greinke being in that role kind of resets, I think, the rest of whatever the rotation is going to be into maybe it's more rightful place. I, I think for whatever reason, I don't, I don't think Brad Keller has really assumed the role of the number one starter in these opportunities. I mean, he's got the stuff he's had some big moments, but he's also, uh, he also really struggled the first part of last season in particular. So I, I think maybe it, it, it just psychologically actually is a boost that way. Um, course we still got some things to figure out and I know we're going to discuss this about what the rest of the order is hey it's Blair we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage sign up now for one year of sports pass for access to all the sports news features and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. How does the rotation fall in behind Zach Greinke? Uh, a couple things to keep in mind: the the, the roster is uh, at 28 for the first month of the season. So in April, uh, major league teams can carry 28 players. That's basically two additional players uh, for the team in the first month. So, uh, and as we we saw last year, I believe I believe we believe we saw this last year that the um, the Royals had basically a six-man starting rotation early on, and then got it got it down to five. With all the you know, there's and there's open dates, and uh, so all that plays into the the rotation. But having said that, let's let's take a stab at this. I, look, I, Lynn, I hope Lynn Worthy gets to join us here soon. He's working on news story, but um, but but there are some questions about how this uh, you know who who the starters are going to be and who the swing men. Are going to be, and if we're looking at swing starters, you know, bullpen slash uh, rotation guys. So, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll get it started. You and you and, and then I'll have you guys correct me. Uh, but I think Brad Keller will be in, in the rotation, and uh, Brady Singer. I got it written down here. I had to, had to make sure I. Uh, Car- uh, Carlos Hernandez. How about uh, Bubich uh, in in the rotation as well? And of course, there's Jackson Coar. So I just I just listed six or seven instead of five. Uh, what can we get a consensus of opinion on on who the five are going to be, or maybe the four after Grinky? Sam, we'll go with you. Yeah, I think um, Keller is a lock. Carlos Hernandez is a lock. Um, I think Bubich probably would be my fourth guess. I don't think Brady Singer is a lock. Um, I, I think he's more likely than not to be part of the rotation, but I would hesitate to, to say he's certain to be part of it. You mentioned the fact that they've got 28 guys. I do think the Royals' extra players will be starting pitchers, and therefore we will see more than five guys start a game in April. Um, you know, is how they mix that in, I don't think it'll be just a straight one, two, three, four, five, six. 
because they do have some off days in there. So you still want Grinky throwing every five games. You still want Brad Keller throwing every five games and Carlos Hernandez throwing every five games. Um, but after that, you know, I think I would say Bubich and, you know, probably Brady Singer. Um, but again, I don't, I don't think that's a lot. You know, I think Daniel Lynch could factor in there. And you mentioned Jackson Coar, and they're, they're, they've got a couple other guys. I, th- I think when we were out at spring training, I, I, I thought nine guys at least were competing for those five spots. And I, I, now that Lynn's here, I'd be interested to know how, how he's got it shaken out. All right, Lynn. That's as good an introduction as, uh, as there can be. Sam McDowell is putting you on the spot on filling in the rotation after Zach Grinke. Um, what, what's your best guess? I've gone back and forth, but I, I still wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see six as opposed to five. Um, only thing is, is with the schedule spread out at times, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you see Grinke. I think you see um, Keller. Um, I think Singer and Bubich are there to start off. Uh, to start off, um, I also think Lynch is there, um, but Hernandez I think should be right there too. Um, he just doesn't have as many innings. He hasn't. He really hasn't pitched as much, um, and he would definitely be a guy I could see fitting out of the bullpen. Um, and so, depending on how stretched out guys are, and, and depending on um, what they need as far as innings. Um, I could see them going with six guys and I think I named six there. Um, or I could see them maybe, you know, doing some sort of combination where, you know, maybe Grinky stays on a five day schedule. And I don't know if that, it seems like it would be a sort of a wonky way to do it where other guys are on a different schedule than what he's on. Um, but I, I think there are six guys that I could definitely see in there. I'm just not sure how they want to do that. And I'm not sure if Hernandez becomes a guy that, um, maybe as a bullpen guy that they use in different spots. Cause I mean, his, as a starter, you know, we've seen his stuff be at 98 to hundred. Um, if he's just going in small bursts, uh, I mean, maybe that plays up even more. And if not, I mean, it really doesn't need to play up more. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting. I think, you know, that Matheny has hinted enough at the idea of, well, you know, that that's how we used to do like it. Obviously, we know that's what a lot of the way the guys used to come up is bullpen and then move into the rotation. But I think the fact that it gets mentioned as much as it has um, makes me think that maybe that's sort of greasing the, uh, the wheels for, yeah, we might move this guy into the bullpen who's been a starter, but that's the way that we've sort of conditioned the stars in the past. He would do that in St. Louis, wouldn't he? Um, have That was the path. And I, I know, Sam McDowell, you're, you know, you've followed the Cardinals over the years, but that's um, that seems to be how – how it happened in St. Louis with, you know, starters coming through the bullpen first, at least some of them anyway. Yeah. I mean, and I think especially when you've got a young staff, um, I mean, heck, we just talked about Zach Greinke, the guy who's at the top of this rotation, you know, he, he took a turn in the bullpen at one point when he came back to baseball, you know, that, that was, it, it's just, it's sort of, the the get comfortable path. I, I think to major league baseball, if you have not thrown a lot of innings in this league, Okay, Lynn. We also discussed how uh, the Royals would use the two extra spots on the on the you know on the roster uh, through April. Every teams get you know they get twenty eight, and uh, are we looking at two extra arms or how, how do you think they break it up? I'd, I'd say two extra arms. I mean, I, um, I I doubt that it's you know that, that it makes a whole lot of sense to carry an extra catcher or something like that. And then if you're just adding the bench guy that. I don't know how much they're going to be using the bench on a regular basis. I think the arm, especially 
this time of year, especially coming off of um, you know a truncated spring training, um, and you still have a lot of young pitchers who haven't logged a lot of innings, I think it's got to be an arm, at least in my mind. Okay. All right, so uh, still to be determined what how it shakes out after Grinky. What about the way the bullpen sets up the first, you know, after after Barlow? Is there a, is there an eighth inning guy, a seventh inning guy, sixth inning guy? How how is uh, how is that looking right now, Lynn? Well, I don't think it's going to be by innings. Um, Matheny's sort of shunned that since he got here. Um, it's going to be more of you know, a group of guys that they'll use in the uh, quote-unquote high leverage situations. And so I think for the bullpen, um, you'll have Barlow, you'll have uh, Stalmont, you'll have Brents. Those guys, I think, are automatics coming from last year. Um, and yesterday, talking with um, Matheny, you know, because um, Stalmont's had a couple outings that have been a little bumpy with some walks. And I asked about just sort of like how much they're, you know, putting into the results you've seen in spring training with some of these guys. And he basically said, well, with those guys, they've had enough track record that we're not worried about them. They're going to be fine. Just get your work in. But the guys that they don't have as much familiarity with, they need to see some from those guys. Um, now, I also would put um, Amir Garrett in that group of those four guys are pretty much locked in. And then after that, you've got a bunch of guys who have shown you flashes. I mean, like Dylan Coleman looked real good yesterday. That was the first time we saw him in the spring training game. Now, guys like Tapia and Piams, who we saw do pretty well last year out of the bullpen, have been bumpier, and they don't have as long a track record with this organization. And, and if you look at their track records overall, they've had a lot more up and down. Um, so those guys, I think, might be fighting for spots. And then you also throw in guys like if, if there's starters who, you know, they want to keep those arms in the big leagues or if they feel like they could help them and maybe give multiple innings. So if that's a, you know, a Hernandez or if that's a Heasley, if that's a Zerpa, then those arms could be coming, you know, in um, bullpen type roles, or at least early in the season. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, and we, there was somebody else that I was thinking about, um, that I'm blanking at the moment. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the bullpen is where you have a lot of different options. And then once you throw starters in there, potentially, um, I mean, they could go a lot of different ways. And bullpens, again, are sort of a year-to-year proposition. So those guys that looked well last year, like I say, like Piams, Tapia, guys that they picked up, um, have been, you know, a little shaky this year. They may not be guaranteed to come in. And then Quas, Quas is another guy who I was thinking of, was, comes from that weird angle, has looked really good this spring training. So I think he gives them a different look, and he's a guy who's pitched well this spring training. So I think that's a guy um, who I wouldn't be surprised at all if he makes the opening day roster. You know, Lynn, you know, I read your, your game story after the the Royals, I think it was against the Mariners earlier this week, where Daniel Lynch threw five really strong innings, right, and didn't walk anyone. And, and so he was asked about what he thinks his role is going to be, and we still don't know that, do we, uh, at this point? I mean, he, he absolutely could be a swing guy for the Royals. He could be, but I think just the way they've handled him so far, I mean, the fact that last year um, – you know, when, when he came up, I mean, it really, they, they forced the issue to put him in the bullpen because at the time you had Junis who was pitching well. And at the time they decided, well, we're going to move Junis back to the bullpen, even though he'd been pitching well as a starter and created that spot to plug Lynch in. And I think he's been one of the guys that they've always sort of earmarked as potentially had even more upside than what you saw with Singer and Lynch. I mean, Singer and Bubich, who obviously broke in earlier. So I think that, that they have him as a guy that they really want to see in that rotation. But, I mean, nothing's been 
set in stone right now. Very good. All right, Vahe, do we want to go wit-wit at the top of the order? Or um, let's just go – I think we need a new name for one of them anyway. Um, Mirrorfield, I just uh, – no. Um, but how about – Somebody uh, – Go ahead. No, I was just going to say somebody wittier than I am uh, needs to come up with that. But um, – Wittier, I like that. You know that. what? Very, uh, very good. I – <laughs> I, I look, I like it. Um, I, I think you can see people, you can see why you'd make the case that, uh, you don't want to, um, have to throw him fully in, in water to that degree. Right. He's just, just breaking in. On the other hand, uh, you know, Lynn can disabuse us of this because he's seen it all, but, uh, it seems he's handling things, uh, pretty well right now. And, and I think we understand his makeup is, of the nature that uh, if he's in the big leagues, you know, just, just go ahead and go for it. I mean, you don't need to baby him and put him eighth um, or whatever the other scenarios would be. But I look, I could see that case, but I think it's kind of an exciting uh, proposition, right? Uh, right out of the gate to have that kind of uh, exposure for him. Uh, I don't think we think there's any doubt this is going to happen at this point. I guess that's the first question. Is he, is he, is he going to make the team? <laughs> I think, Lynn, you've got a handle on that. Yes. <laughs> um, Period. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as far as where in the order, I don't know. I mean, people could make their cases, but – and Mike Matheny won't really talk about it specifically when because I, I wrote something the other day, and um, I asked about – placement of young players breaking into the lineup. And he said, we're talking philosophically. I said, well, I would talk specifically. I just don't think you'll answer. And he said, I won't. So, (laughs) so we stay philosophical, (laughs) but I think the fact that we've seen him in that two spot so much this spring training, I think is telling. Sure. Yes. Um, And, and he, and he looks like he belongs. Uh, I thought he looked like he belonged last year at this time, but um, now for the second time, he, he looks like he belongs in, and now we're all pretty sure he, he will belong. Um, how about, are, are we far enough removed from the Ken Griffey era, uh, to call Bobby Witt just junior? Do you think there'll be any confusion or we, if we, if it was just junior? Well, I know there's folks in the organization that that is the nickname that they've got for him. Like the, uh, junior is what they've, a lot of the like scouting people and things have called them for a while now. Um, but just for me, growing up, the time that I did, there's there's one junior, and that he that, that doesn't fly. So I've just been going with pretty, keeping it simple, going with Bobby, and then Wit still Wit. So um, that's that's just me. <laughs> you're making me think of this for some reason that, that, that Sam Mellinger really wanted Sam McDowell to be known as Junior. Um, <laughs> that didn't catch, uh, but neither has McDowell's assertion that he's 2.0 either. So. <laughs> But I digress. Vahe, you're on your way to New Orleans uh, to cover the Final Four. Um, and I've covered a few Final Fours. It just seems to me that the intersection of opening day and Final Four, have, um, you know, it's been a collision, right? Um, uh, you're always 
one, one of them get to, if you're in a major league, you know, city uh, that doesn't care about college basketball, the final four gets diminished. And if you're in, you know, a market that loves college basketball, like Kansas city, that opening day, you know, doesn't have as much uh, uh, you know, spotlight as maybe it should. The, um, the, the, um, uh, the lockout has changed the baseball schedule to a point where you get a final four one weekend and the opening series the next weekend. I kind of like it. Um, I, I think this works. I, I like it a lot. And, you know, the, the beauty of it for our market is of course, having a, a local squad uh, in the final four. And I, I think it's really a great, it's a great, great sports week for, uh, for the, the Kansas city sports fan. And, Really fun to have that kind of uh, convergence of energy or whatever you'd call it. It's 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 a great couple of days. And what's the uh, what's the temperature in Kansas City today? Because I mean, we would have been starting games around this time. And I I heard somebody somewhere on a radio or something like that saying that like you know in one market where they would have been playing a home game, the temperature for what would have been opening day was like thirty degrees or like wind chill was like under twenty or something like that and. You know that I'm not sure that the weather is going to be so much better next week, but could be. There is snow in the better, forecast. Better chance. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, all right. So, hey, I touched on it last week. Not going to let you off the hooks. We'll end with this. Have you ever taken a, a date to a baseball game, uh, Lynn? Let's start with you. At any time in your life, have you ever taken a date to a baseball game? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well, it was a it was somebody who I was already, you know, like there was a previous relationship. But yeah, yeah, that was um, wasn't the first yeah. date, but it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Bahe. Uh, it wasn't a first date, like John Sherman and his wife Marnie, but uh, I did take my my lovely bride Cindy to a baseball game not so long ago, and I don't think we got through the regulation five innings. Um, it was a uh, it was a dress to the nines day here in Kansas city. So we, we did it. We dressed up and we got seats in right field and we were really in the direct sun and, and uh, we spent most of the game in the, in the Royals hall of fame and, uh, <laughs> and then headed out. So, you know, she's, she may be suspended for a while for that one. Seems to me those dressed to the nine Sundays are always oppressively hot on days you're wearing wool. <laughs> It's true, <laughs> without fail. Right. Well, and, and and we gotta we gotta knock the columnists for the poor planning there, sitting out in the right field sun. What's that? Come on now. We were buying the cheap tickets. <laughs> I'm a cheap date. You're right, and we bring this up because uh, John Sherman mentioned it. The Royals owner John Sherman mentioned last week that his first date with his wife was at a at a Royals game, and uh, not my first date with my wife, but we. Uh, we've been to a few. I, we went to. I remember going to uh, her first baseball game ever was at Shea Stadium in old Shea Stadium in New York, and um, I remember we attended a game in Atlanta once um, when, when I ran the Peachtree 10K road race, and um, and then countless Royals games. So, no hey, Durham Bulls, Blair, or any uh, any uh, minor league games. We we actually did. We actually went to Durham Bulls, and and back then uh, the Carolina Mudcats um, on the on the Raleigh side of. Uh, um, of the metro area, so yeah, it's actually a great, uh, a great place for a date, right? You can um, uh, cheap food, cheap eats, good good time, uh, a lot of you know a lot of people around. I would encourage anybody who uh, <laughs> who's 
who's coming up short in, in, in the cre <laughs> creativity department where to uh to take in a royals game or um minor league baseball game those are those are fun times That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And a tip of the ball cap to Vahe Gregorian, Lynn Worthy, and Sam McDowell for talking baseball. Hey, my daily pitch for the morning sports edition continues. It was 40 pages today. Go to kansascity.com and the subscription tab for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another edition of Sportsbeat KC.